0: Welcome to the Business Life of Husband and Wife podcast, a show based on real experiences in business and life. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, we are on chapter two of the Business Life of Husband and Wife book, Ins and Outs and All the Bouts by Robin and myself. Uh, she read chapter one to you guys, uh, Two Minds Are Better Than One, and the intro. I'm going to be doing chapter two, being business partners and life partners without the bullshit. This is chapter two, guys. So hopefully, I'm good flexion-wise and linguistically because here's a little story time because I always like to talk before the beginning of the episode and I'll probably fill in and kind of chirp in as I'm going. You'll kind of get like the author's notes and uh, opinions as I read through this chapter. But linguistically, (laughs) you guys know I'm challenged. I can't pronounce names. Um... I uh, have two dueling squirrels. If you read the book, I kind of get off tangent a little bit. And uh, I used to not go to my English classes. I used to go to Smitty's. And for you who don't know what Smitty's is, I used to call it Smitty's 30 and not English 30. In grade 12, I used to go there and just have coffee and hang out and have breakfast instead of going to my English class. Luckily, I passed and uh, was able to get into university, but that's neither here nor there. So hopefully my reading skills into a mic, are good enough for everybody. And I'm sure you'll, I'll get some feedback from you guys. But anyways, without further ado, guys, here's chapter two, being business partner, life partners, without the bullshit. Some things in life just can't happen at the same time. You can't turn left and right at the same time, and you can't land a coin heads and tails simultaneously. A face, card, in a deck can't be diamonds or clubs. But fortunately for us, we believe check that, we know that it's possible to fulfill two roles at once, spouse and business partner. And we're living proof of that 10 years in now, and there's lots of couples that do it and lots of couples that just don't, but we have managed to make it work. So in this chapter, we're going to discuss why we choose to work with one another over having separate business partners and why we did that when we started our company. But fair warning, it's not a choice to be taken lightly. Before we agreed to diving into an enterprise together, we had to weigh the pros and cons. Because we've already taken the leap of faith. We thought we'd save you the time and show you how we reached the final destination. Because that is what everybody wants to know. One of the most brilliant minds in American history was Benjamin Franklin. This guy is responsible for giving the world bifocal glasses and the lightning rod, as well as having his mugshot on the United States $100 bill. In addition to inventing practical items and having his face plastered on piles of money, he also devised a way to make tough decisions by weighing both sides of an argument. This method for making difficult choices also saves time and provides clarity to the decision maker. So here's our list outlining the pros and cons of having your spouse as your business partner. We're going to start with the pros. So the pros. And we've done, we've done a few uh, um, episodes on the pros and cons since we wrote the book. You guys can go to one of the Foundation Hour episodes. I believe it's actually season three, episode three or four. I'd have to reference it, but I'm in the middle of reading, so I'm not really good at multitasking like that. Um, but we've done some episodes, and some of these have changed slightly, um, in our opinions as we progress and they're going to change. That's the great thing about this book is, and these podcasts is things adapt and they change and nothing stands still in in life for us. So we're able to make different decisions based on where we at in that point of time in our life. So for some of you, this is going to resonate and hit home with for some of you, you've already passed this point and it's not going to mean shit to you, but that's okay. That's the whole point is maybe it's just a reminder. And so away we go. So the pros, so we focus 24 seven working toward the same goal. Why is a laser more powerful than a single light bulb? The answer is simple. It comes down to focusing energy towards a single point. When you're physically with the same person around the clock, you have time to invest emotionally with each other. Once you make the effort to invest intellectually as well, it's possible to start developing and attacking the same goals together. When two minds are focused on the same objective, the odds of achieving it increase significantly. So that's one of the pros, we've talked about it before, is working toward the same goal all the time. Okay, Uh, familiarity and consistency. It's better the devil you know. The old adage is a reminder that sometimes it's better to be with the one you know than the one you don't. In business, this is particularly important for a number of reasons. First, if your spouse messes up, you can have a discussion about it over dinner or on the drive home or during the bachelor, whatever you're watching at that time. Secondly, you know how each other tick and you know how to make each other blow up. So it's easier to fix a broken watch if you know what all the pieces do. Okay. And once you understand each other, you can work on that. Similarly, if you know how your spouse operates, you'll have a better chance of repairing anything that's broken. Sometimes our watches are just a little out of sync, but with the right tools, everything can be adjusted and time can continue on. Lastly, it comes down to communication. You and your spouse should have open channels with each other so that you can voice any problems or concerns, or at least we hope so. Usually couples have this natural way of talking with each other, and that's one of the reasons why you're together, right? So, One of the things we've talked about in this, it is better the devil you know than the devil you don't. A little bit of context for this. You know this person that you're working with. It's really familiar. You can get complacent, so be careful with that. But it's a pro that you know who you're working with and you're not going in different directions, okay? Because what can happen is if you have a business partner, that business partner has a family, has kids, has other life goals. If you two aren't aligned even if you are trying to build the same goal there's always misalignment because you have two different families two different goals okay that that is the concept that's one of the pros that we've found okay okay pro number 3 trust relationship is already is it's already there so trust is a pro any engineer construction worker will tell you that building a house or a high-rise building requires a solid foundation If you lack one, that structure probably isn't going to last for very long. Hey guys, if you're listening to this, you guys know that we don't run ads on this show anymore and what we do is provide this whole complete show for free for you guys. We do have a couple things though that we would like to ask of you and that would be if you get a chance to subscribe to our premium content episodes, those are little small topics that we cover individually that is $3 a month. And as well, we have our book out, Shameless Plug, Business Life of Husband and Wife. You guys can jump on Amazon and find that, and we'd be very grateful for reviews left for that book. Thanks, guys. When it comes to relationships between individuals or groups, trust is the foundation. Usually, relationships need time to develop that trust, which is normal and reasonable. What's abnormal and unreasonable is thinking that you can enter into a relationship or business with others without first establishing some sort of trust, With a spouse, you know, you always have someone in your corner to fight and trust us. There will always be fights and many different varieties. There will be conflicts that arise with staff, clients, suppliers, landlords, just to name a few. The business world is full of friction and competition and you'll need a solid corner mate to go into a war room with. So that's building trust. I think that's pretty standard. You have trust with your, with your spouse, um, throughout your relationship, unless that trust gets broken and there's multiple ways that can happen. But if you're both tandem moving towards the same thing and you trust one another to do what's best for the company or for yourselves, you're fine. Okay, so number four, guys, building and bonding. So growing together. When you're starting and running a business, it's almost inevitable that you will experience change. You will learn new things, make mistakes, and take risks. All of these will allow you to mature as a person and a business owner. Therefore, it's only logical that you do not, only logical that you do that growing together and reach new heights as a team rather than as an individual. There you go, guys. There's my linguistically challenged skipping English 30 for you. Um, Okay, so anytime that you start a new adventure, there's a very good chance you'll be uncomfortable at some point traveling to a new country where they speak a language you don't know or starting a new school are both scenarios where people often experience unease. But getting out of your comfort zone is where so much growth happens. And when you work with your spouse, you already have a built-in support system to make the unknown just a little bit less scary. Reaching the point of exhaustion can make or break some people, but if you want to be successful, you need to push through when you're tired. Working with your spouse affords you the luxury to build a built-in empathy right by your side is someone who has experienced the same trials and tribulations as you and understands the fucking grind. And the grind can be a bitch. Moments of anger and frustration will arise at some point during your business journey. When either of us is pissed off about something, we have a sounding board. Hey, guess what? This pissed me off today. How we want to problem solve this. Hey, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me with this? These are things that we can do with each other to make things easier on our business partner and our spouse. So the pressure valve can be released, so to speak, when you do this. This doesn't mean that your problems will go away, but rather that occupy less space in your brain because you've had a chance to vent and you can make better decisions. The money you'll save on a shrink can go a long way towards that new couch in your house or paying off some debt that you have or going on a vacation. So are we feeling pretty inspired? I would hope so. After all, those points listed above, who wouldn't want all the things of running like a well-oiled machine? But every coin has two sides. And the only list in our list is only halfway complete. And this chapter is only halfway complete. Benjamin Franklin didn't shy away from the other side of an argument, and neither will we. We've shown you the good, now here's the bad, and some of the ugly of working with your spouse. So there you guys go. There are some pros um, from chapter two. These are our four main ones that we had in chapter two of the book, Business Life of Husband and Wife. And we're on to the cons. So blurred lines. Conflict from work can find its way home. We all know this. You can't shut off. So for most people, a crappy day at work can be salvaged by relaxing evening with family in their own home. However, one of the risks that come with working alongside your spouse is the carryover effect. Butting heads at work, like a couple of full-grown elk, can continue in the kitchen with minimal damage and less glass and broken plates, mind you. Yet arguments about who washes more clothes or who leaves dishes in the sink can happen to people who work two different nine-to-five jobs as well. It's just, it can trigger a little bit harder when you're already mad at the person at work. So in the grand scheme of things though, guys, it's all pretty small stuff, but be aware of the blurred lines when you have to have that separation point. Okay. Number two con familiarity and consistency. How much of the devil can you put up with? So we talked about the devil, you know, but how much of it can you put up with? Are you willing to do the 24 seven every single day, constant communication over everything? Are you willing to? So this one should look and sound familiar. Yes, familiar inconsistency is on the pro list, but there are days where the devil is just a little bit more evil than usual. If you know what I mean, I think everybody here does on both sides of the coin. There's some days you just want to take your boot and kick them off a fucking mountain. And Robin will say the same thing about me. That is the reality of working with one another. Sometimes the devil is just on a rampage and you better get out of the fucking way. It's always helpful to practice ducking for cover because it can feel like a hurricane full of piss and vinegar some days. And so that concept of, of con is, yes, some days you are not gonna be very thrilled with your partner, 100%. I know I'm not, and Robin's not either. There's just moments and time and days and moods that change that. But how much of it can you put up with? So that can be a con because sometimes you're gonna need to take a break. Hey, I'm gonna go, and I, we do this. I'm going to go away for a day. going to go play hockey tonight. I'm just something different, just a way that we're not doing business together and life together. All right. Number three, the cons, mixed emotions, romance to resentment. Relationships are dynamic. They're full of ups and downs. They ebb and they flow. They are raw. And sometimes emotions can get the best of you in any situation. It's normal to feel resentment when something you don't like or unexpected happens. But what's more important is how you choose to react to what happens. Feelings are a part of being human. And what we found is that it's important to let your feelings be known, whatever that may be. And when disagreements fester over time, they have a potential to become more volatile and more explosive. Mixing marriage and business just adds another layer of complexity to both. That doesn't mean you should let emotions hold you back from being a better, stronger, and more resilient couple or individual As a result of a conflict. In fact, you need those rough patches to test your mental fortitude and earn a few badges of what the fuck happened along the way. Currently, we're working on the, I made it through an argument without swearing concept. Obviously it's not working. I have sworn in this episode four or five times, but in an argument, I think I'm doing better. Ultimately, practicing self-control, educating yourself and your partner on each of your triggers is the key to ensuring more romance than resentment in your relationship and better unemotional decisions for your business entity. Okay. Separation, parting ways. Fighter pilots have an eject button for getting themselves out of a tight situation. Couples... Of separation or divorce, this is the ultimate risk of entering into business with your spouse. However, there are plenty of people who aren't in business together that drift apart and file for divorce through a series of different factors. Plumbers get divorced from bus drivers, lawyers get divorced from police officers. It happens on multiple occasions across multiple mediums. But it is, but if this is possible. But if this is the possibility is what's holding you back, don't let it drive your relationship or your business. Put that fear in the backseat, or better yet, throw it out the fucking window and into the closest garbage bin, of course. Pull over, put it in the garbage. Rather than hitting eject, try to reset button instead. People fight and straws break the backs of camels, but reconciliation is always possible if you're willing to check your own ego and enter into that process. That being said, there are still some things that fall into the no-fly zone category. Cheating is one of them, obviously. It would be over in an instant if one of us decided to forget our marriage vows and our commitment to each other, okay? So we always go by that old adage, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it and all that kind of bullshit. But at the end of the day, we used to work on things and fix things for years. And now we just fucking toss shit in the garbage. And we do that with relationships. We do that with businesses. We do that with everything. Cause it's always the shiny new object. So that can be one of the cons that you can manipulate into a pro, which we talked about on a previous episode. So those are your pros and your cons in chapter two. And as we enter the last part of the chapter here, keys to being a business partner, life partner. Okay. So here we go. As we mentioned earlier, there are five essential elements of effective communication. There needs to be trust, honesty, acceptance, balance, and that sixth sense. As you look through our list of keys to being successful as a spouse and a business partner, you'll see these principles woven within. So I'm just going to repeat those for you guys. These are the five essential elements of effective communication according to what we have discovered. Okay, trust, honesty, acceptance, balance and that sixth sense. Now that doesn't mean men, you have to read your wife's mind and she has to actually communicate with you, whether that's verbally or non-verbally, you can catch those cues. Just, you have to pick and pay attention. All right. Hold on guys. All right, here we go. All right. So constant check-ins. These allow us to discover where we are both are emotionally and mentally and have quickly become a way for us to charge forward. We have to be honest with each other. The check-ins are simple, yet so effective in that they allow us to take each other's temperature, so to speak. It can be as basic as saying, how are you really doing? Being aware of our own emotional and mental states has prepared us for getting into some unnecessary arguments and conflicts. We still have the occasional dust up, but those can be also easily quelled by just using a touch of humor and playfulness in a situation that warrants it. Check ins not only allow us to get a sense of what the other person may need, but they also keep our minds sharp. We're able to have a better understanding of each other because it opens up channels of communication and allows us to have a sense of how things are going within a given moment, day, or week. Consistency also allows us to develop that sixth sense, we mentioned before, because we are getting better at reading and understanding each other. All right, goals and discussions. Talking about our short-term and long-term objectives involves trust in each other. These conversations can be as simple as quick discussion in the truck on the way to work or a full staff meeting in the shop, office, and depending on how large or complex they are, they might take a little bit longer. We also have a system in place that allows us to compartmentalize our goals. For example... If it's a personal goal, like buying a property in Hawaii or, you know, my new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle arcade game, which I have now, just so we're clear, this was 2020 when the book came out, or sorry, 2022, um, that I never had as a kid, but I've dreamed of owning for over 20 years. We keep the discussion at home or outside of work because it's not relevant. Let's be honest. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, when I was in the 80s as a kid, not as relevant to business life of husband and wife. Recently, one of these personal goals was achieved uh, much to the chagrin of one of us. So, but if it's a professional goal, like hitting certain sales targets, we find a time slot with one another to put it on our books and schedule a meeting. There also needs to be an acceptance with our shared goals for them to be worth pursuing. So Robin has a rule on this one, and it's something that we have followed for quite some time that I have to repeat something three times and then put it in writing for her to be like, yeah, okay, he's like actually serious about like doing this. And it's not just some like harebrained five second idea with his dueling squirrels. So we have the separation on the goal discussions. We have a goal sheet. You guys can go back in the podcast um, on the Business Life of Husband Wife podcast. And you can check out a lot of our goal stuff. Those are usually done in the beginning of each season. So season two, there's one. And season three, there are goal sheets. And we actually have one you can get at the businesslifeofhusbandwife.ca website. So, team meetings, your business or organization really starts to gain momentum as you add more staff. Companies like Apple, Microsoft, and Amazon, which had only a small handful of people in their beginnings, have bloomed into enormous enterprises with employees in the hundreds of thousands. It's pretty safe bet to assume that even large businesses like the big 3 mentioned above still have staff meetings to discuss important issues. It's just going to be segregated into departments. The ones we have at Two Birds, our main company that we still still own to this day, may not take place in a 24, 25-story conference room floor with a mahogany table and leather chairs. But team meetings are crucial for the health of our organization. They help achieve that important balance that every successful business needs. As mentioned previously, we've each entered into our intimate and business relationships with a unique set of goals strengths, and weaknesses, and issues we need to work on. As we add team members to our staff, we recognize the importance of ensuring we had an opportunities for each individual to voice concerns and ensure we're all on the same page because sometimes it seemed like we weren't even reading the same bloody book. Team meetings help clarify expectations, create an environment of continuous feedback, and they allow us to be honest with each other. And team meetings can be your family, your team, just the two of you. It's part of the growth process in everything you do. Okay. Argument analysis. This one's kind of interesting for us. Um, you analyze your arguments and why you have them and what's the triggers are that that's the basic concept, but I'll dive into it here, guys. The last key, and this is one I just said is one that we use when, and not if we have an argument, they can range from a little tiff to moderate spats to full on nuclear meltdowns in the most extreme cases, How do those arguments end? Was the issue resolved? Were we both satisfied because we were heard and the other one understood from our perspective? Or was one of us the hammer and the other the nail, so to speak? Reflecting on the different outcomes of our arguments can give us an idea of our state of mind at that time and what we may need to work on in order to continue successfully. Argument analysis is just one of the ways to find acceptance it's also important to be a spouse or business partner that your counterpoint will want, your counterpart will want to be around. Okay. They want to be around for that argument and that rediscussion. They have to be there. It can't just be internal. You have to discuss it with the other person. Using techniques and various methods to analyze other aspects of your relationship should be another crucial step in your journey. Why do some couples from the Bachelorette make it while others don't? Why has Larry King been married eight times, yet Denzel Washington and his wife Pauletta have stayed together since trying the knot in 83? These are other mysteries that we won't even attempt to answer, but we do know is that it is absolutely essential to have an understanding of the dynamics between you and your significant other, as well as your comfort level for working so closely together. You want to be more like Han Solo and Chewbacca and less like Walter White and Jesse Pinkman? That's why the next chapter is dedicated to the relationship SWOT analysis. What on earth is that? And guess what? We're going to keep reading to find out. A few takeaways, guys, from chapter two. Okay. Open communication is the goal. Ongoing dialogues, verbal and nonverbal cues, strategies, and thoughts are incredibly important to building a strong foundation. Getting all that on paper, all that out for each other. Open communication. Okay, And then honest and consistent communication, positive or negative, is important for the overall growth of you as a person, as a husband, as a wife, as a business partner, or a partner. Okay, guys, that is the end of chapter two of the Business Life of a Husband and Wife book. Uh, Hope you guys enjoyed that little session, a little bit notes with the author and kind of my squirrely brain. Uh, Tune in again coming up for Chapter 3 as we go through and release the whole book in audio form for you. Thanks for listening, everybody. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe to the show.